Nancy Pelosi sets a 48-hour deadline on stimulus. COVID-19 cases continue to rise, and the election is still causing major volatility throughout the markets. I'm Luke Denae, and this is the Running With The Money podcast. More and more choppy action. That is the story today on Monday, October 19th. The market continues to run sideways. It continues to sell off here and there. It continues to go from up green to down red within minutes. And at the end of the day, the market just doesn't know what to do with all the uncertainty within the market based on stimulus, based on COVID-19 numbers, based on the election. It is really a bad scenario for the market and it does not help when we have two sides of the stimulus argument going at it on a constant basis and not only on a constant basis but giving opposite news stories i mean it's almost like we can't figure out whether they're negotiating or just calling it quits pelosi sets a 48-hour deadline of stimulus the gop is set to vote at some point this week on their $500 billion stimulus bill. And at the end of the day, the Trump admin seems to still be negotiating an even bigger bill with the Democrats. And this is all just creating a storm of uncertainty for the market. And on top of all that, on top of the stimulus issues, COVID-19 numbers continue to rise. The U.S. record uh, recorded over 70,000 cases in one day for the first time since July um, recently, according to the New York Times. And this is not good stuff, people. This is not good stuff. If we continue to see increasing cases, we risk having to close back down. We risk having to slow the economy back down. And we're seeing it all over the place. But more specifically to our market, to the U.S. market, um, it's just not good. We're in the midst of a recovery. And if we have to close back up, what is that going to mean for the economy going forward, especially with the election on top of that? What if we can't get stimulus passed and we have to slow this economy all the way back down to where it was? It's not going to be good. And I believe that's why we're seeing the market go from a big green morning to down. The market is now down significantly from the highs today. Dow Jones is down 172 points. The Nasdaq's down 70 points. And the S&P 500 is down 24 points. And to add to all of this, we have Morgan Stanley um, noting today that the t- correction is not over. That we still have 10 more percent to go within this correction. And they know that it's all due to those uncertainties that we just listed and listed Friday. These uncertainties are causing a huge amount of uncertainty in the market. And what it creates is an environment where the stock market doesn't know where to go because it's then trading on only headlines. It's only trading on these headlines of stimulus. And that's not a good sign. That is not a good sign. The market should typically trade, in my personal opinion, what I like it to trade on is the fundamentals, the numbers. Is the company growing or is it not? If it's growing, great, invest in it. If it's not growing, dump it. It's a loser. And when we start trading headline to headline, it creates a very volatile market. And going in the earnings season, we have a bunch of companies reporting earnings here, and I'm going to touch on that. We have Netflix. We have Tesla. We have Apple next week. We have a lot of names reporting earnings soon. And the market volatility, I believe, is going to make earnings season a mess. 
Q3 earnings, I think, are going to be a mess because I think you're going to have some names, winners, that report terrific numbers and sell off, which is typical. That can happen if it runs up huge. But in the midst of a correction, in the midst of uncertainty, and then add the earnings season volatility to that, I think you are going to end up with a market that's so hard to predict. And that's why I still like these names that consistently grow, these stay-at-home names. These names that can grow throughout COVID-19. And what that does is it takes the pressure on those stay-at-home names off a little. Then all those stocks have to worry about is the stimulus somewhat, not much, and the election. COVID-19 cases are taken out of it. And that's what's great about these stay-at-home names. And I just want to touch back on those, the ones we talked about Friday. Chegg, Stamps.com, RingCentral, CrowdStrike, Teladoc, and ServiceNow. All great names. ServiceNow is my top pick out of those six. I have holdings in it. I recently um, exited my swing trade on CrowdStrike today. And I'm thinking about raising cash, possibly getting into Apple earnings because there was a huge note today on Apple iPhone sales. Um, and that could lead to a positive catalyst going into earnings. Stop could, could run up on earnings. But if you decide to do that, I urge you to definitely dig into the numbers, do your research. Um, and actually, I believe you can catch a breakdown on runningwiththemoney.com, which we did a few weeks back on Apple, where you can get you know the balance sheet numbers and our analysis of the company. But I'd really like to take a moment to note on Netflix. Netflix reporters reports earnings soon. And I think that that could be a very good name to pick up in the earnings. But at the same time, that volatility is what's scaring me. And I'd like to touch on Netflix because it represents a lot of the stocks that are doing well, a lot of the companies that are doing well in this time of uncertainty, in this time of the pandemic where only certain companies can grow and the many can't. And that would be Netflix. Netflix is positioned great for this. We've been seeing streaming and the streaming of your favorite shows and movies increase and increase and increase throughout the years. It's been a consistent trend and the pandemic just Put that on fast forward. Now, Netflix has gotten several price target upgrades lately, making it what I think is possibly a good pick if it falls on earnings. If they report good earnings and the stock sells off, I think you pick it up. I think you pick it up at the bottom of its pullback if it pulls back on earnings. Now, going into earnings, I'm a little hesitant, and that's because it's run already an extreme amount. It sold off on the last earnings, and it did the same thing on the last earnings. It ran up on Q2 earnings. They reported, the numbers were mixed, they weren't terrible, they had some very good numbers and some very bad numbers, and then the stock sold off like crazy. And if they report those same types of numbers, which is probable, then it's going to be tough, in my personal opinion, for the stock to move higher after a huge run up into earnings. But if it pulls back on those earnings, I think it's a buy. I take a look at Netflix and last quarter in Q2, they reported some excellent numbers and that's somewhat why i like netflix so much um they added 10.09 million additions in q2s to their subscribers um paid net subscribers and that was versus the expected q2 expectation of 8.26 million additions so i was happy about that number in q2 but they they expect and they gave guidance on much less subscriber growth in q3 and that's the number i am going to be watching netflix really likes this subscriber growth number. And if it's above expectations, the stock typically does well. 
But if it's below expectations, the stock typically struggles. And Netflix specifically fell in Q2 mainly because of that number. Netflix expects to add 2.5 million subscribers in Q3 is what they noted in the Q2 report. And the analysts were expecting 5.27 million. So significantly below the analyst estimates. Now, what I really like about Netflix is that they're in the business of streaming content, creating content, and at the end of the day, they have movies, shows, they're consistently growing, consistently adding new content, and competition is finally coming into the market. And what competition does is it grows a sector as a whole, and that's somewhat what I like. While in the short term, that could be seen as bad, I think it's going to push more people into digital streaming. And I think... Netflix will be able to get a lot of that business they already have. They operate in over 190 countries. They're huge. And I am very bullish on Netflix if we can get it on a pullback. I think it's a little pricey right now. I think most of its run-up it's had in recent weeks was simply because of these upcoming earnings and speculation. And I don't like buying in the speculation. I like buying in the fundamentals, in the numbers. And I don't think yet I'm 100% that you're buying in the fundamentals here. I think you're mostly buying into speculative earnings. Now, I'd also like to touch on Tesla. Now, I'm researching Tesla right now. Uh, Running With The Money is going to release a breakdown on Tesla tonight after this podcast, and we're going to really dig into the numbers. But when I go through Tesla, I have some pros and cons. My pros are much longer than my cons. And really digging into those, I think the autopilot, Um, being so close now is very, very positive for Tesla. I think it's just representative of the technological gains they have over the rest of the competition. And then moving from that, their battery improvement that was pitched on battery day was actually much more impressive than I think the street took it. Um, I thought battery day was very impressive. The numbers they were showing were impressive. Their vehicles range and cost factors will drastically improve within the next few years. And I think that's very good for Tesla as a company and representative of the growth that the company can see over the next five to 10 years. And then not only that, but now they're consistently profitable. Um, I believe last quarter was their third or fourth profitable quarter and they're consistently getting more and more profitable. And not only that, but they delivered just in Q3, this was just announced not too long ago, just a few weeks ago, that they delivered a record 139,300 vehicles in Q3. And that's huge. That's a record number for Tesla. And that's what I like so much about Tesla going in to this earnings. Now, it's tough to say whether you buy Tesla on earnings or not, because it's been running flat. It's been in within that choppy action, running with the market. And As we've seen in the past on Tesla, they can report great numbers and go sky high, and they can report great numbers and go straight to the bottom. So what I like to do and how I'm looking at playing Tesla into earnings this week is wait for them to report. And if they report solid numbers, try to get in at the cheapest cost basis I possibly can. If it falls back, if it sells off on great numbers, great. But if it sells off on bad numbers, I don't know. It'll depend on the numbers. If they report great numbers and the stock sells off, I'm a buyer, just like Netflix. But if they report uh, median numbers or below expected numbers, I expect a much larger sell-off on Tesla given how overbought it still is on the longer-term charts. And at the end of the day, that will present you a buying opportunity if you're still very bullish on Tesla. 
So those earnings are on the 21st. Um, and not only that, but they've gotten a lot of price target upgrades recently. Um, analysts seem to be more and more bullish on it. Those price targets are reaching the you know 460 to 500 level more and more. And analysts are getting more bullish on Tesla. The market in the street seems to be getting more bullish on Tesla. And that's rounding out my pros for the company. But when it comes to the negatives of Tesla, there's there's a few. And the first issue I have with Tesla is very fundamental, and that is that institutions don't have huge holdings in Tesla. It's right around 44%, and I don't like that. I like to invest in companies where the big money is also betting big on it. Um, and the institutions simply aren't betting big on Tesla, and that's a major worry to me. Um, I think that could create much more volatility than what I like. And as we've seen, Tesla is a very volatile stock. Now, my last two notes on the negatives of Tesla is how overpriced it is. And once again, that extreme volatility, it makes it extremely difficult for me, at least. I find it extremely difficult to time Tesla. You never know what the stock's going to do because it doesn't really run on a huge fundamental basis. And that was one of the issues that the market had with it. It just kept going higher, whether the news was terrible or whether the news was great. And that's great for a certain amount of time. But then it reaches a point where you have to ask yourself, is this a safe investment? Will this thing come falling down? one day because there's no one else there to buy the good and the bad and that's a worry for me they have a huge price to earnings ratio that worries me and i think as elon musk has noted that the stock is a little high um and that in order to go higher the company needs to report very very good numbers and really all of this leads us into what should we be buying throughout this shop what should we be buying on the red days and i firmly believe that it's the same old, same old when it comes to this market in the past several months, big tech and the stay-at-home stocks. And there's a clear and concise reason for that. They're the leaders of this market. They're the companies that can continue to grow no matter what. And that's what I really like about this market and more specifically what I like about the tech names over anything else in the market. If COVID-19 cases continue to go higher, if the 48-hour deadline and stimulus is not met. That's going to set the market back, I believe, to square one when it comes to dealing with COVID. Because what are we going to do? If the economy isn't coming back, those typical sectors, the cruise lines, the airlines, um, the recovery names, all of them, I think they're going to struggle again. I think they're going to struggle to get buyers because buyers are going to say, okay, well, if the comeback is not going to take this long versus what it was going to take, what do I do? What do I buy? And I think really what it's going to come down to is, well, I'm just going to buy what's been going up and what's been growing throughout this whole thing. What's continued to grow throughout COVID-19 in this recession, no matter what. And that's big tech. So today we see Apple, Microsoft down. We see Nvidia down pretty much the whole market. And out of the big tech names, I like Apple. I like Microsoft. I like Nvidia and I like Amazon. And I'll get into Apple here in a minute, but I really like Amazon. Going into the holiday season, people can't go out. They're not shopping nearly as much because of COVID-19. And I think that's going to force a lot of the holiday shopping more to the online retailers, more to the Amazon of the world, more than anything this year, more than in previous years. Um, so I think that's very good for Amazon. I think you can buy Amazon and expect a solid holiday season um, and a solid set of numbers coming out of the holiday season. 
NVIDIA. I like NVIDIA. I think it is a great artificial intelligence play. I think it's a great semiconductor play. I think it's it's just a great company all around. They continue to grow. They continue to improve. They continue to come out with leading technology. And that's why I like NVIDIA and Microsoft. They just continue to grow. They're just an all around great company, solid balance sheet, um, seeing continuous growth. And I like Microsoft. And I think you can buy Microsoft at 214. And I think you can buy NVIDIA at 540. If not, if it continues to fall back, heck, buy NVIDIA at 530, 520. I think you can scale into all of these names. I want to go all in now because it could sell off some more. But I think you start to scale in at these prices. And Apple. I think you can buy Apple at 216, especially with upcoming earnings. And I want to touch on that more. Apple, to me, is a name that you want to own and not trade it, just as um, Jim Cramer says on CNBC almost every time he talks about Apple. You want to own it and you don't want to trade it. And there's multiple reasons for that. And my top reason for that, in my personal opinion, is the company continues to grow through thick and thin. Every time it seems like the analysts underestimate Apple, Apple comes through and delivers great numbers. And that's exactly what they did in Q2. They delivered solid numbers and they proved that they could grow whether we're in a recession, a pandemic, or whatever situation we're in. And that's why I believe Apple is just one of those names where you buy it, you own it, and you don't trade it because it just continues to go up. It continues to come out with technology that people love, technology that is simple. And I firmly believe that's why Apple's so successful. It's because their technology is so much more simple and is so much more smooth running, in my personal opinion, than the competitors. I think that is what is so attractive about Apple. And the analysts we're seeing are doing the same exact thing. They're now doubting it going into Q3 earnings. And I think right now it's down nearly $3 a share. It's at $116.49. I think you buy it here. I think you buy some Apple here prior to earnings next week. And if it continues to fall, you continue to buy more and scale up. Um, I am raising cash to get into Apple. I'm raising cash because I think Apple can't beat on earnings and it's probably going to be a position I take. If I do, I will let all of you know on Twitter and social media. But we are continuing to see this market sell off today. The sell off is accelerating and I think it's providing solid deals. Now, back to Apple. Um, an analyst today came out with a note and surprisingly, it wasn't negative going into earnings. It was positive. Um, they noted, this analyst noted that Apple sold up the 2 million iPhone 12 models in the first 24 hours of pre-orders this year. And that that is up from the 800,000 iPhones that Apple sold in the same period last year. So they sold 2 million iPhone 12s within 24 hours of pre-orders. And that's exceedingly more than what Apple sold last year on iPhone 11 models of 800,000 units in a greater period. So I think that Apple is going to see a much bigger year iPhone sales-wise than what analysts expected. I think that's a catalyst going into earnings. Um, we probably won't see those big numbers, but they'll probably note it in the call. Another thing I like going into earnings on Apple is, once again, and I keep noting this throughout all these big tech names and stay-at-home names, is they continue to grow. They continue to grow in a recession, unlike so many sectors like the airlines, like the autos, and you know, the autos are mixed. They're seeing a lot of used car growth, but not a lot of new car growth. And, you know, travel stocks are all moving lower. They cannot get out of the bottom. They cannot get out of the hole. But what is 
technology. And why? Because it continues to grow. And Apple's growing. They dropped this 5G um, services on their new phones. The 5G tech has been dropped in the iPhone 12s. And that's most likely an exceedingly another reason to buy iPhone 12 is because it's the first iPhone with 5G. It continues to look better and better. I thought the phone this year and the design, in my opinion, looked great. Um, and I think Apple nailed it again. And the sales clearly are showing that. And I think that's going to be huge going into earnings. And if they can present stellar growth as they did in Q2, I think that they can absolutely blow away earnings. I think the market will say, okay, so they have obviously now stellar iPhone sales. Um, so we should expect that next quarter in the earnings report. They just beat on this quarter. The stock will probably go up. But until then, it's most likely going to sell off as it is right now. And I think you buy some. I, I think it's trading at a discount. I think you're getting Apple at a discount here. And I think you buy it. Now, to close out the show, I want to talk about what you guys should be doing when it comes to stock picking. Um, I get a lot of questions on Twitter and social media about what types of stocks should I be buying. And people are always asking for my top picks. And at the end of the day, I don't necessarily like giving my top picks. I like telling you what sectors I think you could invest in because there's so many great names out there. But what you want to look for is a lot of new traders get sucked into this looking for a discount, looking at the, you know, 10 to $20 price range stocks, if not lower, because they feel that those are the next apples of the world. And on the very, very, very rare occasion, they are, but typically they're not. I don't necessarily like anything that's not a blue chip or a big time name that's seeing big growth, because if it's not a larger company, it's going to be much harder for that company to grow, especially within a recession. The way I look at it is typically, if you're a smaller company, it's going to be harder to get from that $100,000 in revenue to that $5 million in revenue than it's going to be for that multi-billion dollar company to go from $100 million in revenue to $300 million in revenue or whatever it is. If it's a multi-billion dollar company, they're probably going to be doing quite a bit more revenue. But the point I'm trying to make is don't look for the discounts. Look for what's consistently winning. And a lot of these tech names, like Apple, is consistently winning. Amazon is consistently winning. They have their down days, but if you look at them compared to the major indexes and a lot of the rest of the market, they significantly outperform consistently. And a lot of those names I went over on Friday, those six names, are consistent winners. ServiceNow, Teladoc, CrowdStrike, RingCentral, Stamps.com, Chegg. The list goes on and on. And in order to find these names, you really just, you know, you got to do the research and you got to take face value a lot of resources. Use my outlet, Running With The Money in the podcast, as one of your resources. And then be like, okay, so what else could I use for a resource? Well, you have YouTube. I learned when I was starting the trade, I taught myself how to do everything. And I used YouTube, um, two great resources, TechBud Solutions and Zip Trader on YouTube. Those guys are great. I watch Jim Cramer every night. Like him or hate him, he teaches a ton. And after watching him every night for four years at 6 o'clock, he provides a lot of knowledgeable information and insights on the market that, yeah, everyone else is getting. But it gives you an insight into the market as a basic header. And then you can dig further into the subject he introduces to you, and then you start to learn more and more through the resources you've built. I have found that Motley Fool is a great 
resource. I have found that Kramer's Action Alert Plus, if you want to pay up subscription for some great resources, Motley Fool's um, premium services are great, Action Alerts Plus is great, and now CNBC Pro News is great. And what that allows you to do is it allows you to take all of this information in and build your own consensus. And it allows you to not only read and find the information, but that information helps teach you what you need to know. Because these analysts will make calls and they'll make determinations on stock prices based on certain multiples and based on certain revenues and what the company's doing. And that will eventually teach you what to look for, what's good and what's bad. And those are just a few resources I think you should check in on. Now, I don't want you looking for the deals. I want you buying the winners. And when I say looking for the deals, I don't, you know, I don't want you buying something that's fallen 40% and now could rebound off a of bottom. If you want to be a technical trader such as that, you can. But I feel the safer way to go is to buy the names that are consistently winning, the names that have a fundamental reason to go up and the names that have a technical reason to go up. A streak of winning both technically and fundamentally. And those names tend to be the tech names. So I want you to dig deep into the tech sector. I want you to dig deep into the cloud names. Um, the semiconductors are still great, even though COVID's coming through. Semiconductors are great. The video game stocks are great. Take-Two, I think it's a great stock. I think you can buy it, especially if it's down big. EA, great name. There's a lot of great names out there um, that are all stay-at-home names. And I think the stay-at-home names, and I'm going to lament this more and more, are the way to go until we get out of this volatility and we know whether this economy is going to continue to recover or whether it's going to revert back to its old ways and possibly fall back behind. That is all for today's show. A final note that the Tesla breakdown is going to drop on running with the money tonight, um, probably around 6, 7 o'clock, maybe earlier. Um, it just depends on when me and the team get it done, but the breakdown is dropping tonight, so be on the lookout for that at runningwiththemoney.com. You can also get my top picks there, the most recent breakdowns um, on pretty much all the stocks I talk about throughout the show. And I wish you all a great rest of your day, a great night, eat, sleep, profit, and trade on.